Hey, welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. And if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live, you can also send us your questions on Facebook or Twitter. At SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. A few uh, headlines I found interesting over the weekend and today. Uh, violence broke out in Washington and Michigan as Antifa and Trump supporters slash Patriot uh, prayer supporters clashed in the streets. Um, today, Sidney Powell's Kraken lawsuit uh, was rejected by a federal court. Uh, the judge refused to hear it, uh, hear uh, arguments concerning it. Um, a judge, though, did allow a uh, forensic audit of the Dominion voting system in one county in Michigan. Uh, it's unclear who will be conducting that, but that is something of note. Also in Michigan, a Trump supporter's home was firebombed on Saturday morning. Uh, pretty crazy story there. Uh, also crazy, uh, the former head of Israel's space division says aliens are real and Trump <laughs> is on the verge of confirming it. Oh my God. Pretty. Yeah. I was like, what? Um, also pretty cool. Uh, Jupiter and Saturn will soon form first visible double planet in nearly 800 years. A really rare, uh, astro- astrological sighting. Um, and then the last one I thought was, uh, pretty crazy. I read this, uh, is a doctor in Oregon, uh, who questioned COVID-19 measures of covering your face with a mask. At a stop the steal rally, what had his uh, his medical license revoked by Oregon? Uh, really? The, yeah, I, I that the Oregon medical medical board indefinitely uh, revoked his license. I thought that was a pretty drastic uh, drastic step. Well, that um, doesn't surprise me. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, Taylor, you have been a teacher and mm-hmm. are a teacher. Uh, I asked my girls this morning. Uh, you know what significant about this date december 7th and they were like oh. mm. you know and i don't know they were sitting there thinking and and finally we told them pearl harbor oh oh yeah 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 right 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 well it used to be that you everybody knew yeah what you, you know december 7th represented yeah, I it, can still, you know, December 7th, 1941, a day that'll live in infamy. Yeah, like, yeah. 2,400 Americans were killed that day, uh, over 1,000 injured. It, and it, un, until we had 9 11, mm, yeah. there was nothing like that that had happened on American soil. And, um, you know, hundreds of Japanese aircraft uh, came in and they destroyed 20 ships naval eight battleships mm-hmm. and those are big these, these these are these are not little gunboats these are these were major ships and um you know i just thought with the way the school system works today that my daughters w- would 
have more knowledge of other things that are not as uh, significantly impacting to our country, mm. um, like whether a boy should be called a she yeah. and a girl should be called a he if they desire to. In other words, th- we, we don't teach history anymore, and you're doomed to repeat history if you don't teach yeah. history and, and the, learn history and the history that they you know it, there's a m- much larger emphasis on world history um you know so you're, you're more likely to know what happened in you know zimbabwe or something than kind of what's going on in your own country well, and well and and here's the thing too about what's going on in our country all right there is no question that uh, in the history of our country we have had people that were uh, ethnically prejudiced mm-hmm. uh, culturally for whatever reason. Um, but we are removing statutes all over the country of men who were great military leaders. They weren't perfect men. They were flawed, but they're no longer, people are not going to know who Stonewall Jackson was. He was just removed from VMI mm. because people, he was Confederate. Yeah. Well, pretty soon, we're not going to have any reminders of some of these guys. General Robert E. Lee was a Confederate general who was a brilliant general. I'm not saying he wasn't flawed as a man, but he was a brilliant general. He had a great understanding of military tactics and, and survived way beyond what he should have with what he had resource-wise. And we used to study these guys, Stonewall Jackson, mm-hmm. in the military, and so we're removing all these statues. People are not going to know who they are. Young people are not going to know who they are. And why not teach them, you know, some of the things that they may have believed weren't right, but they they were great leaders in the military. They had a great understanding of military strategy. And I'm, I'm thinking when now people don't even, you know, they don't know about Pearl Harbor. They don't yeah. know about these things. Well, I think there's two real things going on there there's one that that uh there are there's a certain element that does not want the general public or anyone that's being educated to know anything about their own history mm-hmm. and you know if you don't know your history um as a country and as a person you are more susceptible to be indoctrinated into uh false beliefs so there's one but two the story that those people believe about america is that america is really a uh, exceptional only in how much it hates uh, other people, which is not, I would say, uh, a historically accurate way to look at uh, the per- the progression of the country or the founding of the country. So those are the two things that, that that's why, because there there's an attempt to erase history because it makes um, the masses, quote unquote, it makes people more easy to control. Um, and then also because they fundamentally hate, hate the country and have a different view of what it the country is well um one of the leaders there um who was the former i guess superintendent you know they're changing a a lot of their long-standing traditions such as the relocating of the oath ceremony from the civil war battlefield why um well that that's just one of the things they're doing it because it's a reminder of a racist past is the, the, uh, there's a- but that's not the story of the Civil War. The story of the Civil War is that a country bled and you know gave countless lives to end slavery. I know. 
And in, in a time where, you know, only very few countries had done anything like it and none had went to the point of shedding blood to make sure it happened. Well, I think of the movie Remember the Titans with mm-hmm. Denzel Washington. The Gettysburg. And, and, it, and, yeah. that, and that's based on a true story mm-hmm. of a coach who took his players, black and white, who at, were just starting to integrate and were having a tough time. He took them to there mm-hmm. and told them the importance of it. And so if you stop remembering those things and teaching the proper understanding of those things, if you just, you can't just ignore them, Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. I mean, to do that and that's what's happening all over the country. Why? Because you have a handful of progressive liberals that are pushing an agenda to rewrite history and to change this country. It's like what Chuck Schumer said up in New York. Mm. We change Georgia. Yeah, we, we change America. Mm-hmm. They do not like the America of old. And I'm going to tell you something. For people out there that are listening, who ha- your, your liberal friends and people out there who think you want a socialist country, why don't you travel to China, travel to North Korea, travel to other countries where you don't have the freedom here. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't really get it. I, the only thing I can think of is these people haven't really thought it through what it entails. They have no idea. Most of them probably have never been to Cuba under mm-hmm. Fidel Castro, or to China under Xi, or, or to some place under a totalitarian dictator. And they think because we have freedom now, if you put that kind of idea in place, look at what's happening with the lockdowns. The, the whole lockdowns with the mask and the mandates, all that, people are upset. Why? Because you've got a government that are, is broad overreaching their control and trying to use law enforcement. you got law enforcement out in California saying, we're not going to enforce this. You, so you, you, you're losing order and structure mm-hmm. because of progressively a progressively liberal power grabs and – I would say that it's progressively liberal power grab. It's an apathy by, you know, quote unquote, the right, the Republicans who who either tacitly agree or do nothing and are weak. And then it's the ignorance of the culture at large, you know. And so you're now you're starting to see because, you know, the no one has stood up for American values. You're starting to see kind of the the people themselves saying we're not we're not going for this anymore. Well, did you uh, President Trump had a rally on uh saturday yeah in georgia i don't know if you saw people were fired up yeah there because there is a there is a real belief among about 74 or more million people that the election was not a legitimate election and in these states it was not handled right they're upset they Mm -hmm. feel like they're not being heard so anyway all right we'll stick with us we will be back with more after the break You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We will be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. 
We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go Take a look at the five and ten Glistening once again With candy canes and silver lanes aglow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Toys in every store But the prettiest sight to see is the holiday Well, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas and starting to feel a little bit like it down here in Jacksonville, Florida. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we talked a little bit in the first uh, segment about the news of the day, as we usually do. And now we're going to get into Hebrews. We're in chapter 13. We're going to finish up Hebrews. It has been how long, Doug, that we've been in Hebrews? Uh, about a year and a half. Yeah, a year and a half. So we're going to be finishing up Hebrews this week. Uh, so pretty excited for that. Um, but we're going to go into a rundown for those of you who haven't heard any of the program um, and talk a little bit about where we've been in Hebrews. If you have missed the program and would like to go back and listen, uh, there's a few places that you can do that. One of those is our website, www.swatradio.com. Uh, again, www.swatradio.com. If you go and you go to past programs, you can go and you can listen to our full catalog of programs there. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. And you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Hey, well, I uh, big shout out to Virginia uh, listeners up on the Lighthouse, Meridian, Mississippi, WMER uh, listeners. It's cold there. It's mm-hmm. cold, like it's cold here. Yeah. Uh, in all three of these places, and even up in Georgia and Folkestone, these people are probably looking at 30s to 20s at night. Uh, I think it's 40 right now up in Virginia. And I know James listening out west in Idaho, it's colder there. Uh, but that's good deer weather. Hmm. You know, deer moving for you hunters out there. And I love this story uh, Jim Dennison posted this morning. There was a lady named Virginia Luce who's an East Texas uh, lady. She lives, she's 80 years old. Listen to this, Mom, 80-year-old lady in East Texas who says, my kitchen is my deer stand. <laughs> she took the screen off of one of her kitchens or windows. Every fall she does this, and she can see out a pretty good ways on her property, and she shot an 11-point buck oh, from wow. her kitchen window. <laughs> I mean, it was about a 200-yard shot that she shot. This lady's 80 years old. <laughs> Downing an 11-point buck, four-time cancer survivor. Wow. She was a nurse, just like you, Mom, if you're listening. and uh, But she got her binoculars to make sure it was a buck, and she shot him and killed him with a rifle and went and got him, 
drove the tractor and brought him back to the house, cleaned him, and probably fed him to her husband for dinner. That's pretty uh, awesome. Yeah. She said she got so excited that she couldn't even remember what she was fixing for lunch that day. She just saw him from the window. Now, that's a great story. Yeah. I love that. I mean, you know, um, when we think about everything going on, people like Virginia Lucy there in Texas, she's just living her life. Mm Mm-hmm. So often we get caught up in everything. We forget all the things God has done, and we get a lot of negativity from media. We get a lot of negativity as we think about what we can't control. But I love here this 80-year-old woman sees a deer, and she goes, you know what, I'm, that's meat for us, and I'm going to take that shot. And mm-hmm. she, she took the shot and killed the deer, and it was provision. You know, uh, we are to have dominion over animals. Uh, that's, uh, that happened a long time ago. God gave that command to us. And, um, so she did that. So kudos to her, man. Well, um, well, listen in Hebrews, you know, we've been in Hebrews, like Taylor said, a long time. And just to simplify the book, it has one theme that is really the overarching theme is that Jesus is supreme to everyone and everything as the only go between, between us and God the God, the creator of the universe. So just to put it in an analogy that we could understand, okay, um, iPhones are, iPhone, an iPhone is the way that we communicate. And let's say you didn't have an iPhone to communicate with people. The only way you could get an iPhone is through Steve Jobs, who was still alive. Well, Jesus would be the only connector to Steve Jobs to get what you need to be able to communicate to God the Father, or in this case, Steve Jobs, to get the ability to communicate because he we, we look at so many things uh, as a way to get into God's presence and how God listened to us, whether it's doing good works, whether it's reading the Bible, whether it's going to the right church, giving the right amount of money. None of those things makes you acceptable to God. The only thing that makes you acceptable to God is Jesus Christ. And that's the writer to Hebrews. That's what he's trying to say. And what he's, what he's doing is he's writing this letter to a group in around Italy, Rome, Italy, in about 50 to 60 A.D. And the group is made up of three subgroups. There's one group of people that are all in in the faith community for Jesus. They have left the sacrificial system and they've come to Jesus to say, okay, we believe that Jesus is the only connection we need to the creator God. We believe that he paid the ultimate sacrifice on the cross. We don't need to do a yearly sacrifice. We don't need to do a monthly sacrifice, a daily sacrifice. Only Jesus is what we need. And so they're all in, but there's a second group that had not made that transition intellectually they kind of bought into it being a possibility but they never surrendered their hearts to jesus being the only thing they needed and with the pressure of the roman persecution against christians and the pressure of people who were judaizers who said no jesus isn't the way they were trying to conflate judaism and the sacrificial system of the jewish belief system with jesus being the only fulfillment of that Because the old sacrificial system was merely a foreshadowing or a picture of what was to come in Jesus. That was the purpose. God was kind of giving a what I call a 
a preschool primer for his people to understand what was going to happen when Jesus came. And then when Jesus came, that was the high school or collegiate level mm-hmm. textbook. Okay, here he is. And so that was the second group. And then the third group is a group of people who haven't decided. So this writer writes the book of Hebrews, and he gives five warnings in chapter 2. He says, don't drift from the message of Jesus being the only way. In chapter 3, he says, don't harden your heart. And that, that always was synonymous with unbelief. And he says, don't harden your heart to this message. Chapters 5 and 6, he says, don't waver between Jesus and the sacrificial system. Now, I'm sure people listening to us today, nobody's thinking about going to sacrifice a lamb for their sins. But what we do is we think if we can just be good enough, yeah, we believe about Jesus dying on the cross, but we still have to do this or he's not going to love me. I still have to do this or God's not going to accept me. No, you have to be fully surrendered to him. It doesn't mean you understand all you have to know about his lordship, but you cannot reject his lordship and receive his saviorhood. And that's there's a lot of people in our culture today that teach, well, I just trust Jesus as my savior, but he's not my lord. I've heard I've heard testimony of people say, well, you know, I trusted Jesus as my savior when I was 13, but he I didn't tr- make him my lord till he was till I was like 33. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me for 20 years that you were a regenerated believer, but you didn't obey your king. And and that's impossible. You can't do that. doesn't mean you're perfect, but it means that you have a loyalty toward him and you understand that he is the only thing that makes you acceptable to God. And so he says in chapters 5 and 6, don't waver. Chapter 4, he says, or I'm sorry, chapter 10, he says, don't be an apostate. This is the fourth warning. And an apostate is somebody who receives the truth and then rejects it. And then chapter uh, 12, he says, just outright, don't reject Jesus. Listen, I've laid this great foundation for you. I've given you examples of faith in the uh, chapter 11. All these people who were not perfect, but they were bought into God and the life of faith. Don't reject Jesus because Jesus is the greatest high priest. And the most important function in Judaism was a high priest. It was the one who was the go-between between unholy man and God. And so the whole first 12 chapters are literally laid out as a foundation for chapter 13, and, and which is the application part. And I find it interesting he spends so much time. Most people today spend 90% of the time on application with only 10% on the foundation. And I want you to think about this. Let's say you were building a boat. You know, I talked to you about sailing one time. Mm. Let's say you're building a big sailboat, a 50-footer, right? Big one. And you spend 95% of your resources on the above the water part and only 5% on below the water. What's going to happen when you go out and a storm hits or you get into rough waters? It's going to fall apart. Yeah, why? Because it's got to have a good foundation. Mm -hmm. Well, in the same way in our spiritual life, what happens is – we spend most of our time working on what people see, not what people don't see. That's why the Christian life is about being. The doing follows the being, not the other way around. We think if we do, then we are. Yeah. No, you are, and therefore you do. That's what, I mean, that's, that's, that's the way it works, and that's what he tries to tell him. So he lays out this incredible foundation in chapters 1 through 12, 
And so as we get into the text today and we look at chapter 13, what we're looking at specifically is what others see in me. In other words, are my beliefs really being put on display? Because in reality, they are. What you believe is what you live. You can say you believe one thing, but ultimately what you do reflects what you believe. And so the question we got to ask ourselves as we run the faith race, and this is kind of like final instructions. You know, if you run a race, uh, as you're getting ready, right before they sound the gun to start, they, they give final instructions. This is kind of like the final instructions. He says, okay, I've laid out all this stuff, all this theology. Now I'm calling you. This is what it looks like to be lived out. What do others imitate in, uh, that they see in me? Like, are they imitating a Christ follower? Mm. You know, and, and for us specifically as fathers, for you and me as fathers, our children are much more likely to imitate what they see rather than what they hear. Yeah. So what are others imitating? Why am I here? Why am I running this race? I mean, the, the reality is if God, um, I mean, if God wanted to, he could bring us home. Soon as we trust Christ, soon as we're regenerate, he says, okay, this is my child. He brings us home to be in his presence. There's no greater joy than to be in the presence of God the Father. And so why am he, why is he leaving me here? Well, if he's leaving me here, I must have some purpose to reproduce another believer somewhere. And that's our mission. It's to make disciples. And so we got to ask ourselves, what's my mission? Right? Not, not what do I want my mission to be, but what is my mission as I'm living out my life? And finally, we got to ask, how am I running? And so when we come back, we're going to kind of get into 13, 15 through 24 and We'll talk about four things as we run this faith race that should be part of our life. All right. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug at SWATradio.com. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, I am Taylor Johnson, and Doug McCary is going through Hebrews chapter 13. We are finishing up Hebrews, going uh, looking through verses 15 through 24, which are the final instructions for our faith race. And so we are going to pick up there and continue. 
Uh, Taylor, you know, one of the things I shared at SWAT is, you know, it's so important what others see in us that they see uh, consistency, that they see authenticity, that they see what we really believe that God is sovereign, that he has saved us, and that we live in freedom. We're not bound by legalistic demands. And uh, 10 or 15 years ago, there was a professor that wrote a, a, um, an article, and it was in a major magazine about situational ethics and why we should discard the religious dogma and all the um, bigoted and legalistic requirements of religious uh, code and situational ethics was what, what we should use. In other words, the way I treat you today may be different than the way I treat Jim tomorrow in the same environment. Sometimes the ends justifies the means, like what we see going on even in our country right now. Mm. And, you know, the the um, writer, the Russian writer Dostoevsky wrote a book called The Brothers Karamazov. And he said this in there, if there's no God, then everything is permitted. In other words, if there's no God, there's no ethics, no ethics, no standards, no standards, no morality. And, and a lot of times I think we get sucked into that situational ethics thing. And especially even with the election and everything going on, what we have to ask ourselves is, and I, I, I had a conversation not too long ago with a person who basically said, yeah, I know what God says, but, and whenever you put that but in there, you know, listen, we can have differences of philosophy about different things, but the bottom line is, is what I'm doing honoring God and his word? Am I going, am I doing anything to, to not honor God's word? Because I believe situationally, well, this will ultimately end up in good. So I make a bad choice here to justify something over here. God is much more concerned with our heart and connection with him and his word. And we can't rationalize his word. What we portray to people is ultimately what we believe. We can say we believe something, but ultimately what we live out is what we believe. My wife says it this way. She says, you know what? You do what's important to you. Yeah. And so your belief system, you can say you believe Jesus died for you, and you can say God is supreme to you. But ultimately, a lot of times we allow our experiences, our past hurts, our past uh, beliefs influence us Mm -hmm. to think, well, yeah, I know this is what God's word says, but... You know, I see this, and therefore I'm going to act differently than God's word says to act. So, and I see it uh, all over the place. I mean, it's very rampant. And so, as we run our faith race, you know, in this section, we're looking at verses 15 through 24. God lays out through his word here four clear, I think, ideas about how we are to run our race. First of all, we run it sacrificially. Second, we run it submissively. Third, we run it prayerfully. And fourth, we run it dependently on him. 
And, and those are words that we all understand, but words that are very hard to apply. And the first one being sacrificially. And I said this in the class, and I even used you as an example. There are different levels of sacrifice, different types of sacrifice. So you as a football player make one kind of sacrifice. Uh, A soldier going over to Fallujah or Afghanistan makes a different kind of sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Police officers or, you know, uh, people who are first responders putting themselves in harm's way make a different kind of sacrifice than a football player who's going to play. Uh, They both have a cost involved. One of them is a greater cost because one of them has a greater cause. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, obviously, saving a child in a burning building is a much greater cause than beating a team on a football field, right? Yeah. And it has much greater risk as well, right? Exactly, but it requires a greater sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Well, the greatest cause there is is serving the Most High God as his ambassador to spread his word, be a witness, and make disciples. That's the greatest cause there is. You're serving the creator of the universe. I mean, we, th- this is the person that made us, that made everything we see, and so that's the greatest cause so he calls us to run our race, first of all, sacrificially. And in verses 15 and 16, I'm just going to have you read uh, 15 and 16 today. And I want to talk about different kinds of sacrifice. But I want you to read um, verse 15 and 16 of Hebrews 13. And we're going to look today at just what it means to run sacrificially. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. So he says, he tells us in the text, run sacrificially, offer up a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that what? Acknowledge his name. What do you think that means? Mm. That I mean, see think him about as that. Lord, that's, yeah, right? that, that well, acknowledge that's, him as well. That's yeah. That's not a phrase that you and I use, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you know, offer up a, a praise, a fruit of lips that acknowledge His name. In other words, for for the Jewish person that was reading this or being told this, and as it was read, they're saying, okay. I'm unashamed to be his, and that's lived out in my life. It's not just a verbal, because Jesus taught against that. It's not just saying something. Mm -hmm. And then he goes into verse 16 and tells you what it looks like in the horizontal. The first part is vertical with God, second part horizontal. And he says, don't neglect to do good, to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. So the first thing about sacrifice here is it's self-sacrifice. He's talking about not presenting an animal on an altar, but like Paul says in Romans 12, 1, to present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, he says, which is your spiritual worship. We praise God by saying, God, I'm yours, and whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Now, 
if you took an inventory across the country of all believing, you know, professing believers who I'm not even talking about people that just say, I'm talking about people that go to church every Sunday and they would say, okay, this is important to me. How many of those people do you think wake up in the morning and say, okay, I'm God's today. Whatever he wants me to do, I'm going to do. Versus how many people wake up and go, man, I got to do this today. I got to go to work. I got to do, I got these bills to pay. I got to do that. Which one of those are more aptly to describe our life here in America, especially for us? The vast majority are focusing on what they got to do. Instead of waking up thinking I'm his, Mm -hmm. he created me. And my life is a living sacrifice to him, which means I'm his. A.W. Tozier said this. I love this quote. He says, crucified people can't look back. Mm. They only look ahead. There was a movie that came out a long time ago called Men of Valor or Act of Valor. It was about a SEAL team. Act of Valor. You remember that? Mm -hmm. And, And there was a quote from it. I can't remember it exactly, but the essence of the quote was this, that, you know, you've already lost if you're not willing to give everything. Mm. Mm. You've already lost the war. Yeah. When you're when you're called to that level of sacrifice, okay, you've lost the battle if you've not made that decision that when you got on the plane going over to Fallujah, you weren't coming back. Now think about that. That means you're going to hold on to something more dear than that. Yeah. Jesus said, anyone who wants to follow me, what? He has to deny himself, take, take up, up his, his cross, cross yeah. and follow me, which was an instrument of execution. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing about sacrifice. Second is serving others. Romans 15, 1 and 2 says this, We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak, not to please ourselves. Let us each please his neighbor for his good to build him up. How often do we wake up in the morning and say, man, how can I bless Taylor today for me, for you? How how can I serve Doug today? You know, I mean, with our wives and our family immediately, that's certainly somebody we should do it too. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying most of the time we look at how people can serve us. Yeah, We want relationship to use people to serve our needs instead of us looking to serve others. What Paul says is different. It's serving others. So there's a self-sacrifice saying, God, I'm yours. There's a, a helping others sacrifice and, uh, of serving others. And then there's a financial sacrifice. And when we come back in the last segment, I'm going to talk about the financial part. But all these are incorporated into that attitude of sacrifice. So, All right, stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. 
We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Well, Feliz Navidad, and welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we have been talking about Hebrews today, chapter 13, verses 15 through 24, but we only looked at verses 15 through 16, verses uh, through 24 <laughs> through the, will be the rest of the week. And in the beginning of the segment, we talked a little bit about the news of the day. So if you would like to join us uh, and discuss any of that, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. And if you missed any of uh, the program so far and would like to go back and listen, in about an hour you can get on to www.SWATradio.com and you can uh, listen there by clicking past programs. Again, that's www.SWATradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio and you can download our SWAT app in the App Store and listen there as well. Well, uh, I don't know how you like that intro, but uh, that was for all our Spanish-speaking <laughs> brothers out there who are Guerreros Espirituales Avanzando La Verdad, which is spiritual nice. warriors advancing hey, truth. Isn't that great? <laughs> yeah. Guerreros Espirituales Avanzando La Verdad. I probably butchered that, but that's pretty close. <laughs> So, uh, Deus is bueno. It's you know? <laughs> about my extent of my high school Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, I am. Uh, I like that Feliz Navidad. You know, and yeah. that, that's got a nice Christmas thing to it. Yeah. So it's a classic. Yeah. Well, listen, we were talking about sacrifice from uh, Hebrews thirteen verses fifteen and sixteen, and God calling us to run our race sacrificially, and we talked about the levels of sacrifice or the different types of sacrifice in the greatest, um, I guess, commitment or surrender required is to the God of all creation. I mean, playing football or sports requires one type, mm -hmm. military, law enforcement, or first responders, another, but the greatest, but see, Taylor, I really don't believe that in the church we get that sense of that call to that kind of sacrifice. Do you? Mm -mm, I don't think so. And I think uh, we think, oh, that's that call might be for the pastor or, or for some special person, but not for us as individuals. Yeah. Well, um, you know, if you um, look at what Paul said in Philippians 4.18, he says, I'm well supplied having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering – 
a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. Paul is saying that the Philippians who gave not out of their abundance, but out of their little Mm. to help him, it was a fragrant offering to God. It was a sacrifice. So often we in America, we give God, whether it's our time or our treasure, our money or our talents, we give him what's left over. We don't give out of, uh, uh, we, we give out of abundance, not when, mm-hmm. when, when things are tight. Oh, you know, I can't, mm-hmm. I got to hold on to that. Now, it's interesting to me that uh, God told the Israelites to leave the four corners of their field. And by that field, he's saying, see, we don't understand because we're not agrarian. We don't grow crops, most of us. But they were commanded to not get every bit out of their land that they could Mm -hmm. so that they could leave some for the sojourner, which was a traveler or an alien or a widow or an orphan. And he calls us to give sacrificially when we have brothers in need and people over in other countries that have desperate needs to to be able to have, you know, whether it's surgery like our brother Dawa who needs surgery for his wife or whether it's somebody like a John Monger who, who, who is struggling because a lot of the Bhutanese people get laid off and he can't make a, a mortgage payment here mm. in the States. So we have people like that that have needs and we have a responsibility to help them. And to, to, you know, to reach out to them and say, hey, I know you're struggling. I want to help you with this. That's what they did with Paul. And that's why he's saying that's a pleasing sacrifice. One one guy I took to India one time told me, he said, you know, he came back and he was amazed because these people who have nothing over there, when they hear of a need over here, they want to give. Mm-hmm. Even though it's not a lot of money, mm-hmm. they want to give. And he said, these people who have so little give so much, and we have so much, and we give so little. Why is that? And I said, that's the human condition. Hmm. We tend to want to hoard. We tend to want to protect instead of helping out and realizing that the God of all creation did not bless us with resources, whether it's time, talent, or treasure, for our own benefit. It was to spread his kingdom good in his kingdom word to those around us. And so, uh, and that's the, you know, when you come back to Hebrews 13 verses uh, 15, when he says the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name, you acknowledge his name when you help that brother out in the name of Jesus. When you go into a restaurant and you pray for your server and she's upset and you can tell she's upset and you start probing and asking her questions, and she says she doesn't know how she's going to pay the rent. And you say, well, how much is your rent? Well, it's $500, but I don't have it. That means you go out and go to an ATM and come back if you, and give her mm-hmm. some money as a believer. And you say, well, wait a minute. I don't even know this girl. Exactly. You, 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 you bless her, and you say, I want to help you. I want to help you. And she goes, why would you do that? Because I serve the Most High God, mm. and God wants you to know that He cares about you, and He has a plan for you, and He wants you to trust Him. I mean, that's what the church does. The church sacrifices; they had an attitude of sacrifice to reach out to those around them, and we don't do that near enough. And I, I think, and the, and that's one reason we don't see a lot of conversions, and we don't have a lot of people 
engaged. They just see the church as people who go gather on a Sunday like a country club, mm-hmm. do their thing, and then go home. And uh, he calls us to be people of sacrifice. So as we run, we've got to remember we run with an attitude of sacrifice. So, What, um, you know, talking about churches that are more uh, giving and stuff, when do you think that uh, changed? You know, because coming through, you know, throughout history, it seems like that was part of what the church did. And in America, do you have any sense or do you know at all about when the church stopped being a little focusing so much on uh giving and helping the the neighbor the neighbors those around uh them you know in a city or yeah i you know the church used to be the place that everybody went for help in fact and still a lot of churches you will find a lot of people uh homeless people will go there Mm -hmm. and other people will go there to get help or people in need but the church is not a building the church is the people of the building you know and the people that meet in the building on a Sunday. And the and, and some churches, um, just to acknowledge a couple of things that some churches are doing, some of them have bulletin boards that say, uh, you know, see a need, meet a need. And mm-hmm. they go up mm-hmm. and, and they got postcards up there with needs that people can go and grab. And that's a good idea to do that. But I think we can all look for opportunities while we're out and about. Yeah. There's lots of opportunities to put God on display. And the question is, are we minimizing our sacrifice to say, well, I'll do this, but I'll only do this to this level? Or, you know, can you imagine a soldier going over to Afghanistan saying, well, you know, I'm going to go over here, but I'm not going out on patrol? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought, I mean, I'm here, I'm in country, but I mean, I'm not. I'm not going, there's, there's enemy out there. I could die. I mean, that, that I'm sure they feel that way. Sometimes they're not happy about it, but they made a commitment to even give their life. And I think so often in the Christian life, we try to minimize the cost of following Christ because we go, well, you know, salvation is free. It is to, it's it's it doesn't require anything from you on the front end mm. but because of what he does there is a great requirement on the back end out of gratitude if nothing else i mean think about it i mean we we should have this attitude to go serve and do whatever he wants because we have access to the father we have a relationship with the creator of the universe who says he'll never leave us or forsake us. And I want to go back to the situational ethics thing. So often we view obedience as burdensome, but it's only in obedience that we find joy. Think about that. I want you to think about your Christian life for a second, because you and I've talked before and, and me too. I mean, we both went through phases in our Christian walk where we weren't following the way we should. Mm-hmm. We weren't obeying God and we knew we weren't right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we weren't, we didn't have any, um, um, you know, we weren't disillusioned to think that, okay, I'm really following but we knew we weren't. Yeah. Right? Did you feel joyful when you were doing that? Mm-hmm. No, you were miserable. Yeah. You? And so was I, we, we tried to hide it, mm-hmm. but the, the truth is when we are not obedient. And I told this to a guy just the other day, you are never 
going to be more at peace than when you're following God's will. It doesn't mean it'll be easy. It doesn't mean that you won't have struggles and suffering. But the the safest place you can be is in obedience to God. You, you I would rather be in a minefield in Fallujah at night blindfolded. <laughs> following the God of all creation and his will for my life and obeying his word, then being safely secure in Fort Knox with all the security systems in the world outside of his will. Because God has a way of, of disciplining his children to say, I want you to depend on me and obey me. Mm, because yeah. it's that obedience that puts him on display like Job who experienced unbelievable loss but he was like a light a big old spotlight on faith as he obeyed his wife's going just curse him and die curse him and Mm -hmm. die and he goes how can i naked i came into the world naked i leave blessed be the name of the lord though he slay me still i will praise him i mean like you can't make that up man that's (laughs) like how does he do that except he he understands who God is, and he's grateful. And I came up with this acronym. You know, I was in the Marine Corps, so I like acronyms. (laughs) Gratitude plus loyalty equals obedience, and that's a glow. (laughs) You will glow when you have gratitude and loyalty producing obedience (laughs) for the Christian life. All right, so make sure you glow today. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. You can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual